The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about storytelling and using stories in your emails. How to do it, how not to do it, when to do it, when not to do it, all that sort of good stuff. Once upon a time, there were two email marketers called Rob and Kennedy, and they created a free resource called Click Tricks. It's a really cool resource that helps marketers just like you to sell more of their stuff by getting more people to click on the links in their emails. Rob and Kennedy were pleased with the resource that they created, and they decided to give it away to all of the listeners of the email marketing show completely for free. Listeners downloaded it and loved it. All they did was went to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks, and they downloaded it and lived happily ever after. Mate, I want to use that as an insert every week. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. He's the only person he knows who subscribes to YouTube Premium. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple. And he was Chief Duck Herder. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy. Robin Kennedy. How do you, uh, how do you hurt ducks? Like this. Get out of the bloody way, you little <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Is this... Was this like as a kid on your uncle's no, farm or something? No, no, no. This was about three weeks ago. <laughs> All right. And uh, we were having uh, lunch out in a park. I can't even think. We were. I think we were at Beamish, the big outdoor um, mm-hmm. Victorian museum, and um, and we were having a picnic in the little park nearby. And all these ducks came along and uh, tried to steal our various grub, our, our nibbles. So I shooed them away from the, the there was little kids there and stuff, and they were terrified the ducks. I was on duck herding duty. Ducks can be quite like unnervingly uh, scary for little cute things, can't they? Absolutely. And actually, there was they're a not massive like... swan as well. He was a pretty intimidating bugger. They're not like the little cartoon ducks that you see in storybooks, are they? Like on ducktails. On ducktails, no. <laughs> a woohoo. <laughs> ducktails, a woohoo. That's what we used to call it. it. Never watched it. I remember the theme tune, but I never. Oh, I, I was, it was, I was great. switched over the channel. Duck, Ducktales a woohoo. That's what we used to call it. They never called it Ducktales. Because <laughs> the theme tune was like Ducktales a woohoo. <laughs> Tales of the da 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 da. It sounds da, like a really da. terrible nineties song now, doesn't it? Like, oh, as in something, like mate, a the song theme tunes back theme then tune. were so good. Thunder, yeah. thunder, 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 cats, all that stuff. Yeah, they don't bother anymore. Yeah, they just go. Whatever. I don't. I haven't seen. It. Um. I didn't. I didn't know that you have YouTube Premium. Why have you got that? So I like to randomly, like if I'm making my lunch or tidying the house or something. My go-to now is to like look for something to listen to, to learn or be or be entertained by something on YouTube. And quite often, that will then result in me either moving around the house or taking Alfie for a walk or doing something that means I have to have. To, I'd either have to pause it. Well, that's the only option. Pause it or pay for YouTube Premium. Whereas with YouTube Premium, you can lock your phone and it keeps playing. Oh, is so that I one of the features? So I just thought it was about getting rid of ads. No, I mean it does get rid of ads, but um, I wouldn't. That's the reason do it for I don't want to don't want to do because I like the ads. I'm the person I scroll through Instagram to see the ads. Yeah. Yes, and I now, now you mention it, I do miss like seeing. I, I, I feel very lost in what's going on in the world. I bet what you don't even it? know what Russell Brunson looks like anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. Whereas I can lock my phone, put it in my pocket, and immediately just leave the house and put my AirPods in and keep listening to it. So that's why I subscribe to it. But they're putting the price up. They're putting the price up. Oh, everything's going up, mate. I mean, the the cost of living, the cost. Yes, the cost of having YouTube. Well, have I told you that EE are now when I first joined EE for my phone. That's um, the mobile network. That's the mobile, yeah, the, the mobile network. Um, to travel abroad with my phone was ten pounds extra a month, and I could use my data and my calls. Then they put it up to fifteen quid this summer, 
And then in November, it's going to be £25 extra. Ain't that crazy? Hello. Every week on this show, we bitch and moan for a bit. <laughs> Chat on. And, uh, and then we talk about how to make more sales and earn more money from your email subscribers. And we talk about things like email marketing strategy, psychology, tactics, and share what's working right now to make more sales online. Making you the email marketing hero of your business with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. So make sure you do hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. Woohoo! So I've already given a, a you know an excellent demonstration of storytelling and I mean, marketing with dude, my little it was, plug. Um, it was my little plug for Click Tricks there. Uh, publishing deals are already coming in. In fact, ding, ding! Can you hear that? That's my email inbox with the publishing deals coming in. That's. I mean, I'm not sure that's what you want your ding, ding, ding to sound like, is it? <laughs> you definitely don't want your ding, ding, ding to sound like that. <laughs> So let's talk about why we need to tell stories in our emails. Our whole approach to email marketing is story driven. So we will try and turn almost, every, with a couple of exceptions, almost every email that we send, we try and weave something storytelling into it. And one of the big reasons for this is there are only so many things you can say and there are only so many ways you can talk about the thing that you sell. But there are unlimited stories that you can relate to your offer and the problem it solves. Um, so case in point, in the last few days, I've been thinking about you know what uh, what emails to send. And I had an idea for a story of something that happened in my life this week. And I thought, oh, that would be great. I'll turn that into an email. And I was thinking about, as I write the story, as I'm writing it out, I was thinking, what's the lesson I'm going to pull out of this? And I paused and I thought, oh, that's interesting. It's the precise exact same lesson that I taught in yesterday's email. Like almost to the word. I could almost have copied yesterday's lesson and put it into today's email and it still would have worked. Now, if the only reason why I can get away with doing that, and when I say get away with, I don't mean in the way that that sounds. The only reason I can do that and reiterate that story. And it still be effective. And it still be effective, yeah. So re- reiterate it for people who saw it yesterday, um, and share that story for the first that lesson for the first time with people who didn't see yesterday's email, um, is because it was framed slightly differently. And some people will be able to relate to one story but not to another. You might talk about something funny that happens on an aeroplane, and somebody who's never flown before can't or for a long time can't relate to that. Whereas if I go and talk about Kennedy duck herding, somebody might think, "Oh, I've got a phobia of ducks. I hate going to the park when the ducks are about." Um, you know, just, you know, flying around the park and they're fast cars and, uh, oh no, that's not ducks, that's chaps. Anyway, um, somebody with a duck phobia, they they might relate to that story. And so again, it allows you to, theoretically, you could have the same lesson and just frame it with a different story every single day. And it, and it, and it, it does do sometimes feel like you're doing that because there's probably only a, a few core, like, lessons that you need to sort of tell people about. Like, there's not many of those either. There's not many, you know, the offer has only got so many features and benefits and there's only so many lessons that somebody needs to learn or understand before they can buy your thing. Whereas there are unlimited things. I think the other thing that I like about stories is because they're usually about stuff that's happening in your life or has happened at some point in your life. You know, Kennedy was at the thing and and, and the ducks and stuff. They build rapport. They get to know you. Just just exactly like the silly fact that we always have a different silly fact, which is something that's happened in in, in both of our lives at the very beginning of each of these episodes. Again, people are building rapport because they're learning something more. You're becoming more three-dimensional. So now you can imagine, oh, Kennedy was in the park with his family. There were kids there. They were having a picnic. I'm no longer just this guy who talks to you every email marketing Wednesday uh, on the podcast, but um, I'm also a person who you can imagine, oh, I'm out there. I'm doing stuff with my family, if that makes sense, right? So really, really important thing. The final thing that I personally love about stories is unlike facts where you're telling people what is included and the features and the benefits, which are all facts about your offer, your product, your service, your thing, 
People actually emote with stories. You can make them feel stuff. You can make them afraid. You can make them feel anxious. You can make them excited. You can make them have this... You can have whatever emotions you want. So by having emotions, you get to hook in with an emotion at the beginning of your email. So really, really important. And actually, if you look at physiologically, stories actually take up physically more space in people's heads than any, than pretty much any other medium. So um, they're really, really good for taking other people's brains. Yeah, that's why I don't read books. I haven't got much space left. <laughs> that's what it'll be. Just all this knowledge and humor. And, Honestly, I've got uh, just charm. Moby Dick all over. <laughs> All over your brain. Me, and me, the, me the funny brain thing is, is full of Moby Dick. One thing we can tell you from experience uh, is that this works for everything. It doesn't matter whether you're in like a serious, boring, dry industry where you don't think these people care about this. Like we've, we uh, can't talk too much about this, but we've like helped businesses who are in like um, government lobbying. We've helped businesses that are in the in the world of um, you know like insurance law and accountancy and stuff that you think of as as either so serious they can't do anything with it or mm-hmm. quite dry and no offense but boring and therefore they can't okay, do dude with how it. many accountants are, are our clients i mean loads of accountants you've basically got to remember that at the end of the day you are a human in a human's uh in a human's inbox even if it's their you know first name dot last name at firmiworkfor.com you are still a human in a human's inbox. And those people need to hear from you. If you can be the fun refresh, like imagine going, if you've ever been to like a really dry conference and you're expecting it to be full of dry speakers talking about dry topics, and then they bring on a guy in a mankini who like talks wild stories about and is the most engaging speaker of the day and everyone leaves going, oh my God, wasn't that guy amazing? That's the experience you can create. I'm not saying you have to be zany and wacky and funny and everything, but you can at least be interesting um, and you can at least be compelling in somebody's inbox. So continue to do this regardless of whether you're selling to an industry you think is going to love hearing about, you know, the funny thing that happened on date like last night or not. At the end of the day, and, and if you're like a faceless brand, like an e-com business, then pick somebody within your team to be the face of that brand. So send your emails from you or from a member of your team, whoever's going to write those emails. Um, people, you know, people really do want to buy into the person behind the brand. I mean, think about one of ever. the biggest brands in the world. You look at, look at Virgin. I mean, and and that's all personified by Richard Branson. You know, like right. even a, a huge, massive, multi-vertical uh, brand like that has a face to it. Yeah, for that yeah, very I reason. Think it's one of the, I think it's one of the smartest things they've ever done. Uh, was to was to personal brand the hell out of him. Yeah, absolutely. So what is, uh, speaking of that sort of like making things personal, I wonder what the actual um, elements or what makes a good email marketing story, like what's a good email marketing story? I should be having to think about this and see what you think, Rob. But for me, I think it has to do one or two things. And it could do both of these things, but I think it has to do one or two things. It either has to share something new, something they didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that. When a plane, um, you know, every, we were on a plane recently flying back from a mastermind that we were hosting in Portugal. And um, we were told we had to all switch off our mobile phones for landing. Not on airplane mode, all switch off. We were like, what the hell's going on? When we landed, Rob put his mobile phone on, <laughs> ironically, and searched why the hell that happened. And it turns out that every 30 days, a plane has to auto land itself in order to stay up with the regulations and stay up with its, with its, um, its algorithm, right? To continue being certified. Um, for when they actually do need to land it automatically in like poor visibility and stuff. Now, if you tell that story, now I didn't do a good job of telling the story there. I'm just sort of telling you the facts of what was happening to illustrate the point. But from that, I'm sure lots of us went, well, bloody hell, I didn't know that. 
I didn't know. So that's a story, if I'm putting this into story format, where the audience learns something new. The other type of story is where they don't learn something new, but they hear something relatable. And relatable is usually the kind of content, and I'm, I'm very hesitant about using this this this, metaphor, this, um, this this way of explaining it because it might give you the wrong idea, but let me, let me get with it. Um, relatable is the kind of content that comedians tend to use. That does not mean, this is why I was resistant about using it, does not mean you have to be funny. It does not, in fact, don't try to be funny. If you try, generally it won't work, right? So, but usually the relatable stuff is what allows us to 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 to, to understand and agree with that person, and then understand the point. So, good stories for email marketing either share something new that maybe you've discovered and that you think the audience might discover, or something relatable, something they can relate to, something go, God, yeah, I do that all the time, or oh, what would I do if I was in that situation? So that's that's the two really important elements. So let's dig in to um, some of the ways people can get started with this. Yes. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of ways of thinking, you know, thinking about how do I cut all these stories. And we've got a whole bunch of different shortcuts. But just in your everyday life, be observant about the stuff that's going on. So if you get a text from your dentist saying it's time to book your dentist appointment, think, have I got any stories about the first time I went to the dentist? or the last time I went to the dentist, So, uh, or the best time. So I like to use those E-S-T and I-S-T kind of words. They've got a name, I can't remember what it is. But it's, you know, what was the first time I ever did this? What was the last time I ever did this? What was the, um, what was the best? What was the worst? What was the scariest? What was the, the funnest? What was the, you know, what, what, what was the ist of, the, of that thing? Anytime something happens, oh, I just got, I came home and my girlfriend got me a lovely card uh, to say, say, welcome home, I've missed you. What was the, was that the story? Is that the story? Maybe it is, because it's an action. Or if the actual thing that's happening is not as exciting as getting a, a nice a nice card, it, it could be, what was the first one of the, first card I ever got? What was the, the last one I ever got? What was the most important? What was the most precious? What was the most... One of those things. So that's one of the, one of the things we're going to do. We're going to look at all the little things. And people, you just start getting your, 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 your head into the mindset. I mean, when we were on our way to Portugal on that flight, there must have been, think, there was three things where Rob said, writing that down, there's an email there, there's an email in that, there's an email in that. Three different things on the way there. Not to mention the stuff that happened when we're in Portugal, when we're out for meals, when, we, when we're masterminding, on our way back on his journey home from dropping me off at home. Like, all these things, there are things happening all the time. Whether you leave the house or don't leave the house. And, and so that's where you're going to start. You're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to make your life, you're going to make your observations of the world your prompts to get these emails started, right? Your life, the things that you are already doing are the prompts. You don't need more than that, really. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So let's rattle through some common mistakes that people make when they're telling stories through email. Uh, first thing is they waffle on at the beginning with sort of, hi, I hope you're well. Um, I, I'm currently uh, working on a thing training chat GPT to, to write daily emails for you. So we'll be talking more about that as we go forward. 
Uh, but one of the things it loves to do is to go back to very formal beginnings. You've got to constantly retrain it to remove the high. Hope you had a good weekend. Anyway, today you want to remove all that, but you also want to remove the bits about the story. So if we're going to tell a story about something being on a plane, we don't want to start with, so we arrived at the airport, and blah, 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 unless the thing happened within minutes of arriving at the airport. So one of the things you can do, it's a journalistic trick that our friend Janet Murray shared with us uh, a long time ago, is that you can write your story and then you can normally chop the whole beginning off the story and it will still make sense. You want to start in the action, you want to make it exciting. Um, so that's the first thing people do is they waffle on and they send it on. Second thing that people do a lot is they make assumptions, right? You make assumptions that your audience, well, they're on my list, they must know who I am and what I do and what everything I've ever done and where I was born and what day I was born on and who my mum is, like all that stuff. They assume that uh, they know you or that they've read a previous email or they know technical terms. So it's really important that you make everything as simple and as basic as you possibly can. Assume that this is the first email that person's ever received from you. And then that way um, you're going to be able to uh, explain stuff better. That doesn't mean you can't take shortcuts. So I'll I'll regularly say in my email, um, so I took Alfie for a walk and people generally speaking just immediately know, well, Alfie must be a dog. I don't say my dog Alfie in every email because you do want to, you want to imply connection without assuming knowledge. So if you can find a way of wording stuff that puts it in a location. So I was talking, I, was t I took Alfie for a walk and listen, lead training, uh, um, you know, leash training has been a really difficult thing for us. Everyone knows it's a dog. They can picture where that's taking place, probably in a park somewhere or around the block or something like that. Um, and again, um, it, it means I don't have to say my dog Alfie all the time. It allows people to, uh, to have the knowledge without uh, me assuming that they know everything. Yeah, and the final thing is just making them too long. Like, make sure people can read those damn emails. And the thing is, like Rob said, you don't want to use, you, you want to use stories in most emails, but not every single one. So we're going to use them in almost every email, apart from the ones which are like coming down to the wire. So that last email of a launch when the thing's going to close or when you quickly want to just what we call a seed email, the very beginning of a sequence uh, that we often use. If you know our SVVC formula, that way we can just ping out a link. But most of the time we're using stories because of all the reasons we've talked about. If you want to learn our entire story framework and look at the email campaigns that include all of this stuff and these frameworks, go check out theleaguemembership.com where you can get access to our full training on the bottomless email strategy as well as all of our email campaigns and training on writing these kinds of emails that convert like crazy. Theleaguemembership.com. Rob, what is this week's... Subject line of the week. Subject line of the week. This one was cash withdrawal in brackets declined. Um, people want to know what happened. Did Rob have no money in the account or, you know, whatever. Uh, it sounds like a sort of juicy negative uh, subject line. Unfortunately, the, you'll see it from newspapers. Negativity works better than positivity. Uh, the email was about the fact that everyone thinks of their email list as this cash machine that can just withdraw cash from. But actually, most people in reality find that not to be the case. Um, here's how you fix that. Love it. At this week's subject line of the week, subject line of the week. Well, thank you so much for listening to the whole episode of the show this week. As you know, hopefully we do this every single email marketing Wednesday. So do make sure you hit subscribe on your podcast player. And if you haven't already, do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love to read them and we might even read some of them out. And it also helps us spread the word about the show. We'll see you all next week. Cheers. 